Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to On Point. This episode, Corey Miller, who is the PSE regional sales rep uh, for my area, brought a bunch of bows down to the shop, and I got to do video reviews uh, on a bunch of them. I got to shoot the 31, the 33, and the 35 NXT, and the PSE uh, Carbon Stealth Mach 1, which, which, which was personally my favorite out of all of them. I think that had the biggest uh, improvements from the previous model of carbon bows and uh, was actually quite impressive. So uh, a lot of cool things I like about that bow. That was my that was my number one pick out of the whole line. And uh, we'll dig into that in the episode. But if you guys want to see the video reviews, go on to YouTube. I'll put the link to the Mach 1 uh, video in the description box below in the show notes. That way, if you guys want to check it out and see how it performed and watch the video, you can do that. Outside of that, appreciate everybody listening, and we will see you at the end. Bye. So uh, I got Corey with me today, and, and uh, we just got down at Waldron shooting all the bows. And uh, was there any that we didn't hit? Yeah, there's a couple. Um, we have a new bow called the Bandit. It's a short draw length bow. It uh, actually qualifies into the uh, the new Evo NXT line. It's a 28 inch axle bow. Off the top of my head, I want to say 20 inches, 20 and a half inches to draw length to uh, 26, I believe. So it's a real specialty bow. Yeah. Um, and then we also, as far as some of the bows that I have with me right now, um, the Carbon Stealth, we're also doing the old Carbon Stealth riser with the EM cam, so that would be a short draw length bow. Hmm. Um, and then we also kept the 35. So if we do have a guy that needs that 32-inch draw length, 35 carbon bow, we still have that in the lineup. Uh, the Expedite, I didn't have one with me. That's our, our speed bow that carried over from last year, pretty much unchanged. Uh, hmm. a, a Brute NXT. It's a mid-level. Yeah, mid-level bow. Uh, it's a 499 price point bow. Hmm. Uh, runs a real steep you know, limb angle back and a uh, little three-groove binary cam system. New Drive XL was another new bow. I guess we didn't shoot that one either. So I can make another trip down later in the year. We can kind of shoot some of those mid-price point bows. Yeah, you know, PSC has a really good, I, th I think, feel for the mid-level bow. You know, for mm -hmm. mid-level, they have a really good performing bows. Um, I know I shot some of them last year, and they they were some of the top. I'd say that actually PSC probably has the best line for mid-level bows. Yeah. And, and a really good selection at that. So, yeah, the, uh, the nice thing on the, especially the drive XL, I mean, we've got a bow that's 649 that will go out to 32 inches in draw length. And hmm. so that's, that's a huge deal. Uh, 33 inch axle axle bow. Um, you know, most, most your mid like mid price point bows go to 30, maybe 30 and, you know, 31 if you're lucky. So to have that 32 inch draw length is, is pretty, pretty nice. And actually I think if I, I'm correct. We have four different models hmm. that will go out to 32. Really? Yeah, we should have a, a Drive XL, the the new 33, the 35 long draw, and then the Carbon 35. Hmm. So okay. Well, let's get into some of the bows that we shot today because there was a um, you were up at G4 two days ago. Yep. Okay, and <laughs> and uh, so I got a phone call from a buddy that was there. And he's like, I know what one you're gonna like, <laughs> and it was the uh, it was the Mach One, yep, and which is the carbon bow this year, and uh, he was right. That was that was my favorite bow that I shot today. Good, uh, really nice bow, and it was actually one of the best perf uh, speed bow, like top speed producing bows yeah. of the day too. Yep, and give me the specs of that. I want to kind of dive into that bow first because that I, I really did like that bow. Um, thirty two inch. Axle axle bow goes out to thirty and a half inches in draw mm -hmm. length. Uh, I believe it's twenty five on the the shortest side, uh, just over six inches on the brace side. I think it's six and and a quarter something like that. Really, uh, three point two three point five pounds. So we did increase the weight just slightly. Um, other than that, that's pretty much three three thirty. I think it was on that. Yeah. What we rated that at, you know, and like we we kind of noticed on all the bows, they were kind of underrated for speed. You know, they're, right. they're all hitting above it. 
And it was kind of interesting to see us shoot some of the heavy arrows. I was blown away on, especially the carbon bow, on how fast that thing shot that heavy arrow at 60 pounds. Yeah, I forget what was it. Was at it was 30 it inches? It was 245? Yeah. Six hundred is a five hundred ninety six green or ninety eight green arrow, and that thing spit it out there pretty quick. And that was at sixty pounds. Sixty pounds. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty. You know, and, and there again, you know, we are, and that's uh, you know the the one thing I'd say like on the thirty three inch bow because that bow goes out to thirty two, you know, even at thirty inches, you're still two inches into that cam. Where on the carbon bow at 30 inches, you're only a half inch into that cam because it maxes at 30 mm -hmm. and a half. So you're going to get the most performance out of that cam. Yeah. So well, that makes sense. And and, and when I um, when I saw the the paper of all the PSCs this year, um, on paper to me, I was like, I don't know. Like it seems longer brace height, so you're going to get slower speeds. But mm -hmm. it just on paper, I wasn't wasn't so excited until i'm more excited now after shooting the bows yep. than versus on paper um i was after shooting my evoke 31 this year um because that is a sub six inch brace height bow that's like mm -hmm. what five and a five and half or yeah, five and, and seven eights or okay just yeah. under six yeah and i'm like okay i'd like to you know i'd like to get back into that six to six and a half somewhere back in there and so when i shot that mach one um Everything about that bow is pretty much in my wheelhouse. I like 31 to 33 inch bows. I just like those. Mm -hmm. I like six and a quarter inch brace heights from bows I've shot in the past, just a little bit over six. And then I like 85% let off. And I like, you know, I just, it has everything I like. The grip. The grip. Yeah. You guys changed the grip. Yeah. Which I was very happy to see because that was the biggest reason I wasn't shooting um, the PSC carbons in the past was the, the just the bulky grip. Yeah. And so. Yeah, you know, it, it, and the the funny thing on that grip was hanging onto the bow or carrying the bow. The grip was big, but when you shot that bow, it flat out shot. You know, the amount of grip that was actually touching your hand mm -hmm. wasn't that bad. It was just the the depth of the grip. So when you hung were hanging on to it to to carry it around, it just felt big and bulky. But as far as the way that bow shoots. The way that bow aims, hands down, I still think you know it's all our both all of our carbon bows. I I felt out aimed how light they were, you know, because it's yeah the the whole yeah. thought process, you know, that that light of weight bow is going to just wiggle, wiggle, just you know, just hum the whole time you're at full draw, and it doesn't. And I think a lot of that is due to our grip angle and the grip position into the bow. So, yeah, you had me shoot the bow. You said because uh, we did the review, and then, <laughs> and then you took me and like shoot one arrow and actually aim though. And then that first arrow, I was like, that pin was dead. Yeah. It was just you would have thought it was a four and eight, four point eight pound bow with a sidebar and a long front. I mean, you just would have thought it was all set up. And we had a, what, a four inch little <laughs> that wasn't doing limp saver on there that <laughs> wasn't anything on there, but yeah. Um, so mean, the, the beautiful thing again about lightweight bows, I like just backing them, but you can actually add way. some weight if you want to, but you are adding the weight where you would like it and how much weight. So Starting out with that lighter platform gives you some ability to, to work off of. And that's what I've always said is like, I'd rather put the weight where I want it. And then starting off with like a, you know, one of the Matthews of 4.83 pounds or something like that. Mm -hmm. You're, you, that's a lot of weight. And I was actually having a conversation with a bunch of guys the other day talking about carrying a boat anchor through the woods. When, that first year the Halon came out. I, I didn't, I, I consciously did not like, I, I remember thinking multiple times through the season, I'm not buying a bow this heavy again. Like I'm not doing it. Yeah. Well, you'll find you'll end up, you know, buying a bow strap or something and, you know, strapping the bow around. Get around it. Uh, but yeah, it's still, yeah, it's, they're heavy. A lot of bows are heavy. Yeah. Um, so it, it, everybody's got certain, you know, like I said to Tanner in there is that, you know, when I was selling bows to people, you know, I always want to know what, and you know, what is in your wheelhouse? What do you want? What do you like out of a bow? You know, so you being 31 to 33, well, I'm at 35, why would I put that in your hand? That's not what you're liking. Mm -hmm. It's not what you're looking for. So when a customer does come in and say, hey, I, I, I just want something lighter. Well, there you go. You know, that, right. that thing's, it's light. Um, it's what it was built for, backcountry, yeah. lightweight, warm. 
Yes. Um, I'm excited to hunt with it this year. So you're going to go with oh, the Mach 1? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I actually set up a, an Evoke 31 this year to hunt with. Because I've actually hunted the, the last three years with the carbon bows mm-hmm. and loved them. And it was just more of, ah, I just want to mix things up because I have the ability to do that because of all the bows that we have. And uh, I did, I was able to take it to Texas and, and hunt with it. And I really enjoyed it and shot phenomenal, liked it. Um, but because I didn't... <laughs> Okay, sorry about that. That's okay. So, yeah, we're talking about the uh, Evoke 31 you're hunting. Yeah, so I, I was able to hunt in Texas with it and, and enjoyed it. And then uh, I uh, kind of got overwhelmed and busy with the new job. <laughs> and um, kind of lost track of time and then uh, went to go purchase a tag for Idaho on Sunday. Come to find out Friday... It had sold out. I did the same thing this year, and uh, it was uh, it was like this hole in my stomach, <laughs> and I kept thinking this is a bad dream. It's going to be different in the morning, and then I'll call and I'll talk to him. I'll talk my way out of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, and I thought I had a pretty good story because it was like I, I tried to log in and I couldn't get logged in, so. And she says, well, let me run your number. And she says, oh, well, yeah, your driver's license expired. And so that was kind of holding you up where you couldn't get logged in. And mm. and I said, well, because of that, I mean, can I get a tag? Mm-hmm. No. No dice. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't even think about it. Like, oh, man, yeah, that's, <laughs> boy, that was kind of a bad deal. That's So, no, yeah. So I didn't oh, get a, man. didn't get a tag. Um, but luckily, you know, I know enough people. Um, that did have takes, so <laughs> I uh, I didn't have to carry a bow, just a bugle tube, and and uh, went over and hunted, hunted in Idaho with uh, Kevin, and then uh, hunted with Josh Keller and Ty. Okay, yeah, um, shooting the bull, and um, so that was pretty cool because I, you know, Ty or uh, Josh had gotten hurt at work, you know, a couple of years ago, right? And I I got him uh, a PSC bow left-handed because he had to switch hands learn how to shoot with a mouth tab um so we had a got him into a a ferocity a, a real versatile bow that we could go from basically 30 pounds to 70 get him learning how to shoot a mouth tab and uh, he's all the way up to 70 pounds now wow and uh, huh. so it was pretty cool to watch him actually shoot it and uh you know do do that he missed a bull um and then literally 10 minutes later he takes the head off a grouse at like 28 yards really i'm like how how'd you miss that (laughs) (laughs) but you know in his defense he drew back a little bit too early Uh, and uh apparently he can't hold it as long as we can with his mouth he was starting to cramp up i could see him struggling and uh but it was it was neat to see and he ended up he did end up killing a bull um a couple uh, a week or two later with his mouth tab and um Kind of like Dirk was able yeah. to do the same thing, other than Dirk did it like fast forward, right? Where Josh had like a year to try and figure it out, and and Dirk was like, "I got like five days. <laughs> We're gonna go do this." I can't believe he could pull that much because I tried shooting a mouth tab, and um, granted the the draw length was way too long, um, but I could barely pull forty. Yeah, but you've talked to Josh. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a strong jaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but Dirk was like 55 pounds, he said. Yeah, um, that's crazy. And I think, you know, in time, he'd, he'd probably build, a, build up a little bit more. Yeah. You know, um, so it was, it was pretty neat you to had, see both of those guys. Yeah, you had quite a guy, quite a few guys. You had the Phelps crew shooting PSE. Yep. So, uh, so Phelps, Dirk. Lampers. Uh, Lampert's shooting. Uh, he kind of messed with both bows. He... Shot a couple critters with the Stealth and then the 35. Really? And uh, Jason and Nick uh, shot the 35s. Uh, Charlie had a carbon 35. And I don't know if Charlie even hunted. But then uh, Jeff Lux, he got a Evoke 35. Hmm. You know, all these guys wanted these 35-inch bows. and really? Dirk, Dirk was shooting a 35 also. So Well, most of those guys are pretty big. Si- like Phelps and Nick are big. Yeah. Dirk is big. 
Yeah. Um, I'm just a little guy, so I went the 31. Yeah. Um, but did what did John Gabriel shoot? No, no, he didn't. Uh-uh. No. Um, um, but how big is Ryan Lampers? He just prefers a 35 axle. axle. Really, just yeah, likes it. Yeah, he's right there at 29 inch draw. Okay, same as me. Okay, but you know, it was like pulling teeth. You know, forcing him to shoot that carbon <laughs> and. Because it was 33 instead of that magic number of 35. And, and after he shot it, he was like, you were right. Okay. I'm glad you forced me to do that. I really like that bow. Yeah. Uh, now now the challenge will see if I can force him to go one more inch <laughs> to get to that 32 <laughs> for the Mach 1. But Yeah, I, I just thinking about all the specs, man. That You know, I've been, I've been wanting somebody to come out with a bow that hits pretty much everything right there that, I mean – I really like that bow, and that's gonna be a tough bow. Um, shooting, shooting one of the probably what's gonna be for me one of the best bows of the year for me, and then having to shoot all the other bows. But then that was the first one he shot. It's gonna be really hard, kind of like in an elk climb competition. If you're the first one to go and you got seven other guys there, yeah, yeah, we haven't seen what everybody <laughs> else is gonna release for the year. Yeah, but you know, there again, if you keep true to what makes you happy in a bow, that the brace height, the axle axle the physical weight part of it, the speed part, you know, the speed part, you know, we can fudge with some of that stuff. You can, mm -hmm. you can shave a little bit of arrow weight. Um, it's not the end of the world. If you dropped 20 grains or 30 grains, I mean, you realistically, you're thinking a lighted knock, right? You know, if I threw that lighted knock, how much yeah. energy is that? Yeah. On, it's not much. That's 13 grains on an X knock compared or 11 grains on an X knock for a nocturnal. But, you know, a yeah. typical lighter knocks 25 grains yeah. or 22 grains. So yeah. if I threw a knock at you. Yeah, you're not going to feel it. Right, right, right. So right. if we took that little bit off of that arrow weight and picked up eight more feet or 10 feet, yeah. what's it? It didn't change. Yeah, I think if you're blaming a knock, you got more problems. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, to, to, from but going you're from right. a, Going from like a, yeah, a yeah. 480 grain arrow to a 460. Right. You're not going to notice that. Yeah. It's, And if I can do that and pick up. To get to my speed, I think my speed number is more important than my f certain physical weight of an arrow. You know, I still like my pin gap 275, 285. And so if that happens to be on this particular model of a bow 440, then that's what it's going to be. If it happens to be 480, that's what it's going to be. You and I are so. very similar there because I like shooting 280, 285. That's, that's my range. And I build my arrow around that. Mm -hmm. And so I like shooting faster bows because I can shoot a heavier arrow and still be in that 280. And this yeah. is the first year. Um, this is the heaviest arrow I shot this ever is 535 shooting at 260. Yeah, it's a heavy arrow and I'm shooting 260. I don't really care for the trajectory, but I'm smoking through stuff. Yeah. But so and see, that was, I shot that, uh, was it last year or the year before? And, you know, it killed my elk and everything, but man, after watching that arrow lob and I was yeah. only off a couple <laughs> yards and I swore, I'm like, yep, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. And I'm still on the fence on the blow through. Hmm. I, how I, so? Because I shoot fixed heads. Uh huh. I feel if my arrow is still in it, I am continually working. Right, as every step it takes, it's doing if, something. If I hit, and, and the problem is, is we can't ever control, you know, it does seem to help with the front and center and some mass weight of the exit side of that arrow. But there's so many times where I've you've shot an animal and it takes a veer to a different direction. So if I come in, I got the back of one lung and it veers off and gets the liver right. and goes blowing through it. And that's really all you got. That was it. Versus if it did that and it lodged in there and now it's either going to go liver guts, liver guts, that makes him sick really fast and he wants to lay down mm -hmm. or it's going to go liver, lung, liver, lung mm. every step. So I prefer that thing to always keep working versus just that was my, that was my one opportunity yeah. to cut it. And if I just missed something or I was a little too far back or a little too low and that's what it was on that bowl. It was, I was, I was almost praying that I missed cause I knew it was going so low. Um, and it, I mean, it was literally two more inches and that thing would have been done like 
what you like to see within 30 seconds type of deal. Right. And, and of course we walked down there and there's blood in the snow and it's like, oops, yeah, I, I hit him and then I seen him and he was walking and, and I knew at that point it was like, I don't feel comfortable making my second shot. And, and that's always a, another whole different topic of taking the second shot or not. And I knew that he didn't really care to go anywhere. And I also knew I didn't really want to make him go anywhere. <laughs> so right. I just figured I'm just going to roll my dice and let him be. And, uh, and it took, God, it was probably four hours. We kind of got back on him again and he was still on the hoof. Really? And then right at dark, he bedded down and, and we came back in the morning and he had never got out of that bed. Oh, really? So he was, he, he had expired, but I, you know, and there were so many oak in that area that if, if we would have pushed him, I don't know if it would have turned out because, you know, if the blood wasn't going to be real good and then with all the tracks everywhere. Gets tough real yeah. quick. Um, so I'm still iffy on that second shot. Hmm. Oh. You know, some guys are like, if I have an arrow in and I'm taking whatever shot, you know, and I hear that and I, and I, I prepare long shots just in case I have to follow up. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, should you, cause you could, I mean, what if you barely nicked an animal just because you have an arrow in and, it? And that's the thing, I guess, you know, you've got to make a, a, there's a, there again, the judgment call of that's not a fatal wound. Right. Now you're flinging an arrow at 110 yards because you got an arrow in it. <laughs> well, but there again, now that you, or is it, or is it that that's not a fatal wound? I'm just going to let him live and let him go because mm -hmm. I'm now, if I take another risky shot. Right. You know, it's, I don't know. Every one of them is different. Right. Yeah, and, and the terrain, the, the, the time of day, you know, if it's raining, if it's raining, I, yeah, you better probably start flinging. <laughs> you um, right. I've, I've had that it, scenario a few so times. So, yeah, it was just a judgment call on that one of, like, I'm going to let it walk. But um, would, it, would it have changed if my arrow would have stayed in it? No, not necessarily. But would it have changed if my bow would have been a little faster because that, that arrow would have been two, three more inches higher? Mm -hmm. and, the, and it would have been, like, ideal shot. Perfect, yeah. And I got real scared again. That was two years ago. It was, that was the year I broke my leg. Mm. Um the uh shotable last year and i don't know if i would have put it any different um but it zipped through him and he just kind of stood there and then walked away and then there was a lot of action going on another bull popped out and there was a hot cow and he popped right back out again and stand there staring and and i'm glassing him and i can see blood just trickling off the shoulder hmm. and uh and I started getting worried, like, did it veer too far forward on him? But it had actually exited two inches behind the, mm. you know, in the pit. And he just walked off. It didn't have good blood. But it was, it was just one of those things. And it's like, it might have changed it if that arrow was still in there. Oh, Scotty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thought I had that turned off. So, um, would it have changed... I think it would have. He didn't really go very far, but he was walking around. I don't think he would have kept walking around with something just right. ripping and tearing in him. But he, you know, we ended up shooting another bull and then coming back on mine. And, and he'd probably went 60, 70 yards from the, the spot we'd last seen him. Hmm. And uh, But that arrow never did slow down, the micro diameter. But right. that was, you know, and I think micro diameters just don't slow down whatsoever, I, regardless of the weight. Because that arrow was 465. That's good arrow. How fast were you shooting? Two eighty five. Yeah, so you're and shooting it, really similar to me. I'm yeah, sure, I'm, it, it didn't. I never did find it. It didn't slow down. Yeah. See, I'm usually around four fifty, four sixty, two eighty, two eighty two. But um, you know, and and then this year I, I wanted to try the the heavier stuff and and the day six and start testing out new arrow systems and mm -hmm. stuff. But um, but you know, get back into the bows and stuff. So the Evoke thirty one I shot this year. Um, I, I brought that to the bow reviews today mm -hmm. and I wanted to compare that to the new bows and definitely after shooting all of the new bows and then going back and shoot my evoke, uh, I felt like my evoke was obviously stiffer on the draw than mm -hmm. the newer bows. I mean, the newer bows are to me, they're smoother. 
but all of them have a longer brace height, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So you're going to get the trade-off there is smoother, sl- but slower, right? Yeah. Like slow sounds terrible. Slow work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, and and really, when you look at it, we we lost a little bit of speed because of the, the limb angle. So we're not working the limb as hard or as much as we were like on yours. And then we increase the brace height. So two of those things, will, you're going to lose a little bit of speed right. in that. But I, you know, us at PSE, we'd all kind of, some of the, the majority of what people kept saying was, I like your bows. I love the cam. But yeah. quite doesn't feel as well as maybe somebody else's bow. And so we addressed that. feels better. The new grip. And uh, the grip was the other thing was. Yeah people were you know it's probably been two years three years probably three years or four years if you talk to certain dealers but really kept getting more and more speed on uh the amount of dealers that kept asking for a grip really and so i was a little nervous because i haven't shot a grip in 13 years 14 years easily Hmm. um nervous about it uh grips are just funny you know you get the wrong grip just because you have a grip doesn't mean it's good then. Mm. And uh, we hit a home run, I think, on it. Because everybody that I've had shoot that grip loves it. You know, eh, not everybody. I mean, there wasn't nobody didn't like it. I'd say that. There's guys right. that are like, yeah, I like it. I, I, could, I could shoot it. I would shoot it. And then a majority of the people were just like, you guys hit a home run. I love this. This is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. You know, what I like in the grip is is how hard is it for me to find the same repeated hand position. Yep. Uh, and for me, it fit my hand. I feel like it fit it perfectly. Um, I've always been a huge fan of, of the Hoyt grips. I think mm-hmm. they've had some of the best grips in the market for a long time. This, to me, would compete or be slightly better. It, it'd absolutely be better than my RX-1, that which was the last bow that I uh, Hoyt that I owned. Um, this is probably one of my favorite grips I've ever held, period. Yeah. It, is, it is. It feels really good. And the part that I really like about it is the part where my thumb kind of wraps around the riser because that, to me, I've, I've had bows that don't feel good right here on top of my mm-hmm. thumb and kind of where that bone is. Oh, yeah. Um, this bow feels really good. I mean, it really, I'm not just saying that because you're on here. I mean, the grip is good. You guys did hit a home run with that. Yeah. And I, I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Um, the other thing that I really liked about this, the new bows, the Mach 1 didn't have it, I, I don't no, think. No, but you can, and, and, and I think the biggest reason was, you know, going back to the whole warmth, you know, the, the aluminums are cold mm-hmm. and the carbon's not. So we didn't really feel like it, but you can actually take that grip and it will slide over that, but you'll have to use double side sticky tape to keep it on there mm. instead of. On the aluminum bows, we have it drilled and tapped, and so we right. bolted on there. So well, there's the, no tape on it. The mock grip I like too. Yeah, I mean it's 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 sleeker. Um, it's it's a lot like the older older ones, but just sleeker. Mm-hmm. Really, right? I mean that's yeah. that's about all you guys did to it. Yep. But it feels way better to me. Yeah. I don't like a big blocky grip. I like no. those sleeker style grips. Um, another thing that I really liked, which I hadn't seen anybody else do this yet, is the is the basically a double stabilizer. Mm-hmm. option yep. so you have a traditional spot where your stabilizer would go and then you have one down by the limb pocket almost on the bottom limb pocket and that made a huge difference in the way that the bows held and i was we, you were you uh which one did we 35 the 35 we played and with then the 33 and the yeah 30, both of them actually the and, and uh, 35. you obviously you could tell a bigger a bigger difference on the 35 mm-hmm. but i i did like it more with the bottom mount yeah and for me, I felt like it held a little bit better with a bottom mount. Yeah. Is what, what have you been hearing with that? Every everybody that's shot it said it changed the way the bow felt on the shot and the way the bow held. Mm. Um, so it's it, kind of a big deal, you know. I mean, that's one of the most important parts about a bow is how well does it hold. You know, who cares if it has no vibration and it's super right. fast if it wiggles the whole time right it doesn't want to hold still um so getting a bow to hold it on target real well uh you know it's a it's a plus the cool thing is is you know having this the standard hole a guy who runs a wrist strap he can still bolt his wrist strap 
to that standard hole. We didn't like eliminate it and just run it super low into the bow. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't run a wrist strap this year. First time I've ever not not had one. Yeah, ever. You probably won't have to on ours I again. Just, I just <laughs> it, it never bothered me. Like I'm like yeah. I don't really, I don't ever really need this. But there was a chick that lost a bow off a cliff this year at one of the shoots. Did you see there hear about that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who it was, but. Um, Somebody lost a bow off a cliff or something. Well, they found it. They did. They, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably wasn't worth much by the time she got it. But um, so, you know, there is a use for it. But this year it never, I, I, I was just lazy. I was in a hurry yeah. to get a good bow. And um, thanks to you, I got that evoke like really quickly. And because uh, I was, you know, I, my audience knows, you know, what I was going through with that bow tech, but um, was able to definitely get me back up and shooting pretty quickly. Good. So, but I want to talk about some of the other changes that I saw. So the rollers, um, cable system is different. Yep. What happened there? Why'd you guys go back to the cable? It was, it was just a, a minute little deal, um, about consistency and, you know, getting good feedback from target archers who are just super, super anal about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice if you can take great target stuff and apply it to your hunting stuff, it's just for the better. But kind of on anything that flexes so the cable guard if a cable guard moves in or out it will change the tune of a bow change your sight picture or not your sight picture necessarily but your your impacting points Mm -hmm. on you're going to shoot left and right and if you can't control that with temperature changes then we start running into left and right issues throughout the day and so going to just a, a standard rod we didn't feel that there was enough benefits of taking out some lateral torque in a bow um, to to keep with that and just go back to that rod. Hmm. So a lot, just more consistent, more stable of doing that. So a lot of these changes are probably higher level than a lot of just regular hunters would even. Yeah, notice. most of, you know, like like you know, I shot that the standard cable rod. Mm-hmm. on my hunting bow and, and didn't notice it on my target bow. I did. I changed it out to a, a solid rod last year. Oh, you did. Yeah. Um, and, and like I say, when you start shooting target where it depends, you know, what people think is target. I think of target as dots, you know, not 3d animals, N- not saying that 3d is terrible, but there's a lot of things that you can get by with and not still notice it. Same thing with hunting. Uh, but, you know where you're aiming, you know where the dot is and, right. and you can start identifying things so much faster on known distances. There's really no excuses to, to miss. And so you can identify that faster. So, uh, but I, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a big enough deal that it made me want to change it on my hunting bow. It was fine on my hunting bow. You know, it's still, performed and did everything i wanted it to but on my target bow we changed it and so you know there's no way that we're going to say well we're going to only put this on the target guys instead of the hunting side so we just went back to the on the hunting side too makes sense yeah see that's stuff that I, you know a guy like me like i probably wouldn't i don't know if i'd ever notice it unless because we don't we mean we, we get some swings in temperature here more more so in eastern oregon where sometimes it's 20 degrees and then it gets up to 65 70 yeah and that's when you you'd kind of really notice the difference you're saying but yeah and but there again like in a hunting situation is like how many times do you shoot your bow when right. hunting? <laughs> you know you're you're really carrying the thing thing around and uh but it's not and and there again don't i don't want to make it sound like anybody who has this they're going oh gosh what am i going to do right i mean you're talking maybe just outside the x type of thing it's just outside. It's not going to be like, oh man, I, I just missed by three inches because my cable guard flexed differently. Right. It's nothing like that. It's it's minute stuff on these target guys, and so we just felt like it's not worth it, and let's just go back to the cable rod. Right. Because there wasn't there wasn't enough beneficial things to get past that little bit of inconsistency. Right. And like I say, it was a little bit of inconsistency. So comparing the Evoke 31 that I had, and when I shot it today, it was fully ready to go Mm -hmm. hunting, quiver and everything. And then there was the Mach 1, which I would say was, was for being really light and not having anything really on it, that little short stab, which isn't doing anybody anything probably. Um, 
it was really freaking dead in the hand. Like, it really shocked me. Um, the other ones were really dead in the hand, too, despite not having really anything, anything on them. them. Did you guys do any changes to the riser? And yeah, I know you said the, the angle of the limbs affected yep. that. Yep. Um, is there any changes in the riser that would affect that, too? Did you guys beef it up or anything? Um, slightly. You know, not much because we did take out the cages, mm-hmm. which then allowed us just to just run a little bit bigger material. But but not much. It, really, the big factor was that limb angle. Really? Changing that limb. Yeah. And it was it was a noticeable because I put I, in the video that we did today, I put them side by side. And you could definitely see the difference mm-hmm. in them. It's not like a huge difference, but it is definitely more parallel than, yeah. than last year's bow. I mean, last year's bow... Um, and it was super dead in the hand too. I'm not saying last year's bow wasn't. No, is, no. I really do like my bow. But a lot. you know, when you compared it to some of the other bows out there, you're like, well, yeah, this one's got a little bit more than that yeah. one. Um, for me, vibration or jump or any of that stuff was never. You know, if I had to list, you know, what makes my bow, it's definitely not that. You know, how does the bow aim is number one. How do I feel at full draw with it? Number two, Um, the balance of it, I can kind of usually finagle with some stabilizations, Mm -hmm. getting the pressure points on, but the, the grip angle is another huge deal for me. Um, You know, I I can't shoot straight up and down risers. I got to have a little bit of, but not a super high risk, like a recurve. Right. Um, So that grip angle has always fit my hand perfectly on the, how much pressure I get into the heel of my bow on my hand. Um, but vibration, the arrow's gone. It doesn't really mean a beans. Right. So right. aimability is is the biggest thing for me. So, but you know, if you can take it out, then hey, it's a win. Uh, you know, right. It didn't. It's never deterred me from one bow to the other. So, if we're going to compare apples to apples this year, um, the thirty-one versus the thirty-one, because you guys had the uh, uh, NXT thirty-one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember what the speed comparisons were? I don't remember. It was the top roughly of my head. ten to twelve feet difference. Yeah, that's not a huge difference. I mean, it's it's significant in the archery world, but when you're adding an an inch on your brace, yeah. Except, well, we I think we gained a half inch on that one. Half inch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you're uh, you're six and a quarter, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Or six 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 and a half on the 31. six and a half on the thirty one. Yeah, and. and it uh, was, yeah, so just over half an inch and more in brace height, I guess it is. Yeah. The feels better, more brace height, you know, 10 feet. 10 feet is 30 grains of an arrow or 25 grains of an arrow. Um, I like, I would rather move arrow weight than I would move poundage. Mm. So if I wanted to pick up 10 feet, I wouldn't add five pounds of draw weight or six pounds of draw weight to get to that 10 feet. Right. I'd rather shave a little bit off that arrow weight. Right. Well, I think I already asked you this, but this is not on air. What What did you guys do IBO with this year? Was it 90%? How we tested it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know on that, honestly. Okay. Cause uh, but it seems like we're, we're getting faster speeds than like we already mentioned but, on all the, yeah, uh, I, all the bows. From last year, you know, and I haven't really put these, I've been driving. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> been a lot of time behind the bow yet, but from last year, I was seeing roughly one to two feet difference from a 90% to an 80%. Uh-huh. And mainly, like I kind of talked about that before, is that when you move that draw peg or the, your let off peg, it actually increases the draw length slightly. So the, the performance of the cam loses some performance when you go to 90%, but you picked up kind of that performance because you increased your draw length by a quarter inch. Mm-hmm. So... It, it, Kind of going back to some of this magical tuning stuff. There's only so many ways that you gain speed. Hmm. Draw I've, length. I've been thinking about going Poundage. down to 80 with my hinge because I've yeah. been shooting my hinge. And it's like, man, like I feel I feel really good at 28, but I'm like, I haven't played with it yet at the, at the lower 80% let off. And it's really getting me thinking to try it. I tried it on was it who, which boat did I try the yeah your boat your target boat today mm-hmm. and I was getting pulled off the back wall a little bit I yep. got a little lazy 75 on it seventy five seventy five yeah. I think eighty eighty I don't know I'm shooting that I'm shooting that evoke I'm pounding right now with that evoke I mean yeah. I was shooting it at Vegas three spot while we were there and I don't know if after like my first two arrows I don't know if I ever left the the ten I mean yeah. I was I was yeah that's a shoot that's a shooter. <laughs> 
but your your this year's bow or should be easier to do that with, in my opinion, because it's it's just the only thing I I wish that evoke was was a longer brace height, and then mm-hmm. we would have the NXT thirty one basically. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. So, but I think honestly, you you kind of put your stabilizers on the Mach one. Yeah, I think you're going to be blown away on how well that bow is going to sit on target. I mean, that bow's even good, without the stabilizer on there, it was holding. Well, just looking at how you got your evoke set up, I mean, you're talking two pounds probably yeah. <laughs> difference between that bow, um, because you know you got an equalizer full of heavy 500 grain arrows. Oh, that was uh, that you was have a spot uh, hog sight. That was uh. Yeah, the equivalizer was Tanner's. Oh, that's right. I'm loaning him. He's shooting okay. the one before the. Uh, he's shooting the Evolve. Evolve, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but I've got the uh, quick disconnect with the 10 inch uh, Spider Stab, but I've got 535 green arrows with the with the tight spot. The fat the Spot Hogs aren't light. Is that a multi pin Spot Hog? Yeah, three yeah, pin. Yeah, so you got the really heavy head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. And then uh, probably, outside of that, it's probably easy two pound different. You think, yeah, because that you know if you still, but if you put you know if you put all that stuff onto the, um, if you put it all onto the the Mach one, you're you're going to be a pound lighter than where you are now. I wouldn't mind that, but but just you. going from apples to apples of flame, how well did the Mach one shoot or aim compared to the bow that I'm shooting right now? Being two pounds lighter, mm-hmm. you know that's a lot of difference in in physical weight of a bow to judge and say, well, it still is aiming just as well as my other bow. I want to talk about carbon versus aluminum. There was a big conversation the other day I was having with some guys and they just, some of them didn't get understand carbon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why would somebody choose carbon for any performance reasons? Or is it just for the cold weather? It's small weight reduction. It's minute. Um, Technically, it's stiffer of a riser, so you're not going to have as much riser flex. Um, so that's a benefit. A stiffer riser is going to aim better, hold better, and reproduce the same shot over and over, whether or not you're under stress or out of, not under stress. Hmm. Um, that's why you'll see a lot of target bows with a cage type of riser. It stiffens that riser up tremendously. Um, or they're really starting to, you know, bulk them up, you know, trying to get that riser not to flex. And mm. so those are your, your biggest things. I didn't know the carbon risers were stiffer. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because most guys are just saying, oh, it's lighter. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's, but, you know, whether or not it's, it's part of that is due to where, you know, the, the bow itself could be smaller. And help get that stiffness, but it is a lot more rigid. Hmm. So, uh, but the, it's definitely warmer. And oh, for sure. So. Yeah, because I was talking to some guys. I'm like, well, I, they just didn't get you know the carbon. I'm like, you know, it's just another option of a bow. You know, it's it's leather seats versus cloth. It's, but there again, you know, if you kind of look at other bows that are on the market, you could definitely easy easily have that question because it's like realistically what is the advantage one weighs three nine and the aluminum weighs four one right now what is the difference between those two bows right and then in it is it worth that much more money for a riser that's a little bit more rigid and stiff no (laughs) well you're being really respectful nice and and i'm not biased you know, in any way, shape or form or have any affiliation. So, you know, it's getting more and more ridiculous for me with the, with the RX rays. And I know you probably don't want to touch this, but I will. Um, <laughs> Thank you. It, the value isn't there for, for the cost. And, and when they have silly, silly problems with, you know, maybe side plate, um, the angle, you know, they had some side plate problems and stuff mm-hmm. with the side. Long story short, I won't get on that soapbox, but I almost feel like that's almost causing a little bit of a tough sell for the other manufacturers out there that produce carbon because that has been some of the most popular carbon bows out there and people just aren't seeing the cost to value ratio there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I talk to a lot of guys and it's like, man, for me, I just want a nice warm bow and I, I don't get really much more performance wise out of it. And 
for me, the cost just to buy it isn't really making much sense sense for that manufacturer. Well, for me personally, I mean, if it, if it's a if it's a warmth issue, some guys are just like wear gloves. I can it, well, yeah, I was gonna say I can buy a lot of hand warmers and a lot of gloves for five hundred bucks for five hundred dollars. <laughs> um, so the reason for me is the packability and and as a hunter i guarantee you you're going to carry your bow all day long i can't guarantee you're going to stand there and shoot arrow after arrow all day right so you're going to carry that bow and if that's the majority of things i'm going to do with this bow as i hunt i want it to be lightweight so that is where our carbon comes into play as why we're building that bow and why it makes sense for guys. Right. Because it's super light. But it will flat out shoot, as you've just witnessed. Right. Um, but if it wasn't, I didn't care about the weight, then yeah, I shoot the aluminum bows. Yeah. You know, they'll shoot arrow for arrow all day long. And it's just you're going to pack more weight. Right. And I don't care to now i think it's really ridiculous for a guy to go sit in a tree stand with a carbon bow <laughs> you know, it's like why did you buy that carbon bow right you're sitting in a tree well yeah a lot of these with your guys... hands in your pockets the whole time exactly. <laughs> you know? so they should be warm yeah yeah i don't like shooting with gloves on you know like i'll shoot if i do shoot with a glove on i don't have one on my release hand well i can't I, do it. i just don't like it back in the day you know i wore gloves because it was so cold and stuff but as soon as that bowl bugled man that gloves are often in my <laughs> in my pocket and huh. um you know and hand warmers you know just switching hands all the time right i'd actually put the hand warmers on the grip of the bow and try to really walk with it that way just trying to keep my hands warmer but i've never done that yeah hmm. yeah I've got, you know, those football players where they put their hands in that yeah. bag thing. I've got one of those. A fanny pack thing? A fanny pack thing. I feel like a douche when I'm out there wearing it and stuff, but I'm like, my hands are warm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, you know, for me, there is a, there is a much bigger benefit to the Mach 1, um, the carbon option this year versus the other carbons that are on the market mm-hmm. because there there is a significant weight. Half a pound is quite a bit in the bow world. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's well, significant, you know, and, and really when you look at it across the board on a few of our bows, I mean, we're at four, five and four, seven, that's getting up there and we're at three, five, that's a pound. Right. So yeah, there's a difference. Yeah. There, I, I think, I think when people start shooting these bows and, and, and I'm just really hoping people really just. I hope people are like me. They just shoot whatever bow is the best for them that yeah. year, whether that's an aluminum, a carbon, whether that's a mid-level bow, you know, whatever. I mean, I just, you know, I would like to see people shoot bows, truly, you know, break down why am I buying my bow? What do I want out of my bow? And then shoot that bow that fits their style of what they want because there's a lot of good bows out there. Um, you know, we just we've got a big arrangement of them. So we should hopefully have something that fits everybody's style of what they want out of a bow. It, I, what I don't like seeing is guys buying a bow for a status symbol or, mm. you know, I think that's what carbon cool um, or, you know, so-and-so else shot it, I guess. And, I think that's what carbon's kind of turned into in the last couple of years. Um, and the, has been a status symbol. Not, I guess, you know, I, I shouldn't be so hypocritical on that, but it is a little bit of like, I can buy a BMW or I can buy a Toyota Corolla. They're both going to get me to work. Right. But one of them looks cooler. Right. One of them sends out a message to somebody else that I'm successful. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm um, really dumb, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> and, and it's just, I guess, how you choose to spend your money. And if it's important and if, you know, this is your thing, spend the money, right. well, you know, enjoy your stuff. Yeah. But, but there comes a, a fine line Yeah. for me. If I'm buying carbon because it's, I'm buying the carbon because of the weight savings and it's a pound and that's huge. I know I, w- if our carbon bow was only, two ounces lighter than my aluminum bow, I'd have a hard time doing it for right. $500, $600. Right. 
Well, I know when I bought my RX-1 and people were like, why'd you buy it? I'm like, I wanted carbon. That was my number one reason for buying mm-hmm. a bow. I shot that bow out of the last four bows I've had, uh, I've bought, flagship bows I bought. I shot that one the worst because I ignored everything else. I wanted carbon and I bought it in a turbo because I wanted the speed to go with it because they were pretty slow. They weren't speed demons by any means. Yeah. But I, you know, I told people, I'm like, I wanted carbon. That was my priority that year. I, I've never had a carbon bow. Wanted to see what the hype was about, you know. And and to say that, you know, the carbon is why it didn't shoot good is, isn't is really part of those factors. Part of those factors are, you know, how comfortable were you with the cam system? How comfortable were, were you with the grip or the grip position is in the bow, the grip angle of that bow? The physical weights, you know, it's not a big yeah. deal. It's like, well, you know, would I have shot the aluminum version any better? Probably not. Yeah. Um, well, the, I've never shot it, the turbo cams very well. Yeah. I just never have. Yeah. I just, and, and granted, you know, the newer turbo cams are much more forgiving than the older ones. Like the spider turbo was pretty, I remember that one being pretty aggressive, but, um, I just, I just, I, I hadn't shot that bow. That's the least for me. And I'm sure mm-hmm. other guys, you know, as a shooter, it didn't compliment me. It didn't have what I wanted, but you shot the turbo at 70. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like me with a full throttle or an omens and stuff. Yeah. Guys like, oh, I had one. I couldn't <laughs> shoot it. Like, you know, probably because you used it in the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> I love that bow. Really? It flat out aimed and it would shoot. But I shot it. I used it for what it was. Mm-hmm. I can shoot 58 pounds. I don't need to shoot 70 pounds because that bow, I didn't want it at 70 pounds. I wanted nothing to do with that bow at 70 pounds. Because I'll agree with you if you said, oh, I couldn't shoot it. You shooting it at 70? Like, yeah, I couldn't shoot it either. But at least I didn't want to. Uh, but that bow at 58 pounds, it was like, this is a dream. Right. I'm, I pull it with no problem. Uh, and, and the riser design on that bow was phenomenal. The grip was great. It was a 33-inch axle-axle bow. Hmm. And man, I could shoot a heavy arrow at hardly any kind of poundage and shoot fast. Hmm. Well, what, one thing that you and I talked about while shooting the Mach 1 today was the low let-off mods with the 60-pound bow. Are you guys sending out low let-off mods to the manufacturers, or is that going to have to be a special order? It's an order. you know. So the, hmm. you're, hopefully most of your shops will at least buy um, a set of high you know, or fast mods mm-hmm. and have them in stock to where a customer says, hey, I'd like to try them. Because it's, it's a pretty sw- simple swap over yeah. and try it. Yeah. And it picked up 10 feet. Now, on certain models and certain draw lengths, that draw cycle might not be v- beneficial. I mean, not in speed-wise, but in the way it feels. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you are in that cam, that draw cycle is a little bit more pronounced you know, or less pronounced. So for me, at you know, 29 on a on a cam that i'm going to be an inch and a half into it from the top it's going to be pretty nice Mm -hmm. now if i was to shoot it on a cam that maxed out at 29 and a half or something like that where i'm only a half inch into it it's not going to be very nice it's going to be actually better like on a the the 33 or the 35 really because we're really almost in the middle or toward the back end of that cam. So that draw cycle is already super smooth. Right. Right. And then you add just a little bit more in that cam. It's going to feel probably like some of the other bows, not real aggressive, but it'd feel like being at the top end of another, a different model. Makes sense. So, yeah. Well, when we put that fast one on there, you guys are, mm-hmm. what, what do you call the mod? It's just a, a performance a, mod. It's a fast, low let off mod. Okay. Um, that when you put the fast mod on there, I was expecting it to be more jumpy. And granted, it was only at 60 pounds, but it, it didn't. The trade off for, for the a little bit more um, aggressive it we, was. It we, was I think we had it on the 70 pounder on the 33 for you. Did we? Yeah. I, I see. I, I didn't see. I didn't see it. It seemed worth it. But there again, like I said, on that bow, that bow goes up to 32 inches in draw length. You at 28, you're right. four inches into that cam. Now we put that speed mod on the thirty-one. Different ball game. It, it, you could be going, oh, I feel the hump here. <laughs> so right, okay, yeah. So I mean, if I was if I was going to make a suggestion, I would um, talk to the shop and at least try one of the speed mm-hmm. mods because yep. I was shocked at how shootable that one was. Um, it it didn't 
it just didn't seem like there was much of a trade off. And it, and what I gained was absolutely worth. I gained like 10 feet per second yep. and I didn't feel rushed on the shot. I never got pulled off the wall. I even let, tried to let down a little bit and it took a little bit for that cam to want to take me even with the speed mod on yeah. there. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of on the fence. It's like, am I going to shoot a 70 pound or am I going to shoot a 65 with a speed mod? That would be a good video doing a comparison. Cause I think, I think they're going to be a, a wash, but as far as like speed goes, yeah. but it's going to be like, can I still shoot the 65 and it feels better than the 70? Mm. Yeah. I want to see a, if, if you have the speed mod next time you come down, you might, we might try a video, try to do the, the speed mod versus, uh, the regular mod and one at 70 pound, one at 60 or whatever. I guess what we could do is shoot the, the standard mod and say it shoots 280. Yeah. And then we'll put the speed mod on and we'll back poundage down until it shoots 280. Yeah. And then you can say, well, okay, I can shoot 64 pounds. And I shoot the same speed as I did at 70. Yeah. And see which one you like better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be a cool video. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I can, I'm trying to think of any other, any differences in the bows from last year. Cause um, there's, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really about it. Did we hit everything? Yeah. I mean, really the, the biggest thing is limb angle, which changed the feel. The, the bows feel better, hands down better on the shot and the grip, the grip has been those two things both i mean everybody's just like i love the way the bows are feeling and i love the grip uh the stabilizer thing you know it's still kind of weird but everybody who has put it down low noticed the difference and that's that's pretty impressive when you can move something to a different spot and your average archer goes wow Hmm. i noticed it it actually does something you know a lot of times we see technology come out where you know somebody says this and nobody really knows if it's doing anything right <laughs> you know right it's like, is this really working yeah yeah because you know the, okay, the few the few things that i had my gripes about the psc line you guys fixed and really it was just the grip on and that was only on the carbon ones yeah so i don't really well for you but for you me know, personally yeah and and you know for us as when we talk to our dealers, you know, and I didn't ever think there was anything wrong with our grip either. But when you take the average amount of people who will come in and pick up XYZ bow that has a grip and then they pick up ours and they go, whoa, this doesn't have a grip. Can I get one? And we tell them no. Losing sales. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, it, just nobody likes hearing no. You know, can right. this bow do this? No. Right. Well, these other ones do. So, and it, so I wasn't too upset about, okay, yeah, yeah, we definitely need a grip. And I'm, I was praying that it was going to be good. Me personally wasn't the problem. It was more of everybody else because I know that if I didn't like it, I was going to take it off. And I'm perfectly happy with what was <laughs> underneath it. Right. So it wasn't a big deal for me personally, but I like it. Yeah. I, I would shoot it. If I was shooting an aluminum bow, there's no doubt I would shoot that grip because it does two things. It's not so cold and it feels great. It For sure. I really think that we hit a perfect, everything about that grip was was as perfect as you could get for a grip. So um, I want to go over the Fusion real quick, uh, the first light. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that that's new for this year that is it? new for us and on the aluminum bow i noticed that on the carbon bow it was a little um on the it was more vivid on the aluminum bow yep and and to and me i liked it better on the aluminum color bow. fusion versus dip dip so there there is a difference there um, yep because so, the carbon because of the way we build the carbon the heat um and way you apply the color fusion we can't heat that bow to do that that process so we mm. dip it uh the dipping yeah it just it takes on a different color look to it, it does get a little stretching um still looks pretty good uh but yeah on the aluminum bows it's yeah flawless it, it's and yeah first light, it looks really good you know, on and first aluminum. light you know they wouldn't let us change oh, sorry um pattern size you know like shrinking the pattern down mm-hmm. doing anything to it so kind of like the way the uh kuyu you can yeah the kuyu we've actually shrunk that that pattern is shrunk down from what it would be on your clothing mm-hmm. and so it's more proportioned 
to the the item that it's being applied to where on the first light we didn't do or can't do any of that on the aluminum bows it still looks fine on the on the carbon bow it does look i mean it's you know if you lay your shirt right next to it it's going to look the same pattern same size mm-hmm. all that um, yeah but i i know i just noticed on the aluminum bow i'm like man that looks really good. really good yeah yeah, I, I just liked it. And even on the, uh, what was the Mach 1? And was that in Fusion 2? The Mach 1 was Fusion. Yeah. and, and I, It's just a different color yeah. look to it. It it's To me, it was um, it's a little lighter. Yes. And Yep, I noticed uh, that. You know, we the, the colors seemed more true in the color Fusion. Yeah. Kind of got a little bit, almost faded out and light. That's what I noticed. It was like almost like a, a, a bit of a fade, and it was a little bit lighter. In in the aluminum one was more vivid in contrast. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I, I like things that kind of pop a little bit, so yeah. I like the aluminum one better. But um, I kind of like the carbon because it just looks different. Too. Yeah, you know, I it, I like I kind of do. I am kind of <laughs> glad because that pattern is a is a bigger bolder pattern that it didn't get shrunk down because uh-huh. it looks almost old schooly. Yes. You know, um, yeah. I don't know something about it. It's like, I've actually hand painted, you know, spray painted one and, and it kind of had more bigger blotches of stuff. And, and that's kind of, I guess yeah. it kind of reminded me of that. Somebody was saying, um, there might've been reminded them of multicam. I didn't really yeah. see it in there. I mean, kind of a little bit, but they said it kind of reminds me of the old multicam. Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I didn't see that in there really. I just saw fusion, you know? Yeah. But yeah, but uh, outside of that, man, well, I, I, we're going on an hour. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Um, you. Really awesome being able to film with you and, and shoot all these bows this year. I would have had to wait months or whatever, like last year. I, I didn't get a lot of the bows I wanted last year. so I was slow to get them out to you. Well, I, I really – well, <laughs> I just appreciate, you know, your time and in, in setting up all the bows and changing them because we shot these bows at 30 inches and 28 inches. We changed – I think – did we change – we changed some of the let off mods, you know, like Cody uh, was, um, <laughs> he had a he, smile on yeah, his face. He had a <laughs> big grins. Uh, it seemed like every bow he shot, he's like, Oh, this is the one I'm buying. Oh, yeah. wait, no, oh this is God. the one I'm buying. Yeah. He was, yeah. He, he was, was having a heyday the... out there. What was that first one he shot? Was that the 35? The f- he shot the 35 because that was, yeah. you know, <laughs> this is, I love 35. So we've shot the 35 and then, yeah. then he shot the 33 and then it was like giggles. Yeah. Um, and then the Mach 1 was like kind of – I think it blew him away, but I think the price might be oh, something yeah. for him. And, yeah. And uh, he's a young kid. He's strong. He can pack the big yeah, – I wish I had his shoulder. He's pulling back 70 with, with better form than I am. I wish I had his draw length. Dude. He's a man-child. 30 and a half. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a lot of free speed right there. I've been calling him the prodigy because he's just – Everything I wish I was when I was that age. He's got the the height, the strength, the draw, everything. He's got good shot execution for you know. I I was using a wrist rocket and just slamming that trigger just like Mike Tyson. Man, yeah. I was just. <laughs> if you, that's the biggest thing is just if you learn right the first time, it is so much easier. And so many people learn how to shoot releases or shoot bows wrong, but not wrong enough that they're not successful at it you know what i mean so i mean they're like oh yeah i've been doing what i feel is pretty good and uh and then they just can't get it figured out right well um the dogs are saying the dogs are telling us to hang it up so (laughs) (laughs) but uh, i appreciate your time man and uh when you come back down here we'll have to do some more videos yeah we'll do we'll do a little bit of that speed deal poundage deal that'd be an interesting Um, video and then we'll do some mid-price point bows sweet that's that's uh it's an important line, you know. Not, not everybody wants to spend a thousand dollars plus. No, and after I did that budget boat challenge, a lot of guys uh, were messaging me and saying, you know, thanks. I don't feel like a, you know, a cheap, or I don't feel like I'm not worthy to go out there with my three, four hundred dollar bow. You know, yeah. like it empowered people. You know, they were seeing all these famous ones. You know, which. Um, I thought was interesting. Cameron Haynes isn't using a carbon bow this year. He's using one of the uh, aluminum bows. Um, he went back to aluminum, which I thought was interesting. What the bros do? Um, I don't know. I imagine they got the RXs. I'm not sure. Yeah. I thought they... I, were they using aluminum? I think they might have been. I honestly don't remember. Um, but, you know, for me, you know, starting with PSE in April, you know, so I haven't had a, a, a full year at 
but for me, my number one selling bow that I sold probably the most of was uh, a Drive XL. Really? Just yep. the big one? Big XL went out to 32 inches. Uh, the price point on it was fantastic. That bow, it just a, man, meat and potatoes, easy bow. <laughs> it was, a, you know, great bow. Uh, all the shops loved it. So really? We, we kind of did a little bit of change into the bow, maybe stiffened up the riser a little bit better. Um, hmm. So, well, if good, we can get bow. PSE, my local shop here, and then I can get the rest of the bows from the rest of the lines, I'd really like to put that Mach 1 up to my favorite bows from the other manufacturers this year. Yeah. It's just, I'm almost slighted because this is like, I know this is going to be one of my favorite bows this, this year, just based off of everything I've well, shot. But well, judging, <laughs> I'm still blown away on how fast that carbon Mach shot, one. that Mach 1 shot yeah. at 30 inches <laughs> with that heavy arrow. I was blown away. So uh, getting that bow at 70 pounds and then uh, running it against the other bows. That's going to be um, a top contender yeah. this year. And I'm talking out my ass because I haven't shot the other bows yet. But from a guy that shoots all of the bows every year, I, I can tell you this one's going to be one of the top bows this year. The Mach 1 yeah. will be. If guys can, can swallow the, was it, 1500 bucks? 1599 Yeah, if they can swallow the 1599 price tag, which you know they've been selling – RX3s or whatever for 1650 or whatever. Mm -hmm. This should be a this should kick the crap out of the RX3 whatever new bow they come out with this year. They're really going to have to step up their game to to compete with the Mach 1 yeah. for sure. Um and I'm glad to see that the value is finally there for a guy buying a carbon bow. I'm saying that and I haven't really given much time to the old PSE carbons just because you know I'm one of those guys that shot it with the yeah. grip. But now that I'm taking a more honest look at them, um, they're going to have to step up their game to catch you guys this year. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't oh, mind anyways. No, no. I I, uh, I think we got a strong, strong lineup from top to bottom this year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, that Mach 1, man. I'm going to be talking about that boat quite a bit, I think. But if we can get them in here and then I can do side-by-side-by-side -by -side -by -side comparisons, I'll have a better idea mm -hmm. what we're dealing with. But – um, if that bow was out last year, I probably would have bought it, over, even over the Evoke 31. Well, yeah. In my, I mean, I mean, if you can, you would have. You know, I mean, and, you know, like I say, it's it's a financial thing on. Yeah. You know, I, um, because they're the performance is there, and but the man, that weight savings for me is is everything. Right. Yeah. Totally so. agree. So. All right. All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll, uh, you. we'll get you back down here. Yeah, it was fun. All right, see ya. All right. All right, guys, thanks for listening. That's this episode of the podcast. Thanks, Corey, for coming on to the show, and we will probably be doing more videos in the future with Corey when he brings back more bows, uh, brings more bows back to Arkansas. All right, guys, that's this episode of the podcast. Be sure to go check out that YouTube channel. You can either find it by clicking the link below in the show notes, or you can actually type in Garrett Weaver, two R's, two T's, space Weaver, and uh, I, I should pull right up. It'll be one of the first channels to pull right up. And you can just click, make sure you hit the bell icon so you get notifications when I upload. Uh, but the PSE line came out first, and that is why we're doing this one first. I plan on doing, doing all the manufacturers locally that I, that I have available to me as soon as they come out as quickly as I can and try and get you guys that information. So uh, this is always a really popular time of year to do the YouTube video reviews and do podcasts about what's out because everybody's always wanting to know. And I uh, really hope this was uh, some good information for you guys. So as always, appreciate you listening to the show, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye.